Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Critics Podcast with the underqualified experts who have an opinion on everything because fuck it, why not? Jack, how you going? I'm outstanding, Sean. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in to uh, to last week's episode and thank you for uh, tuning in to our Instagram page and watching the first instalment of Dickie Knows Flags from last week. It that was, uh, that it was got, surprising. It, it got about 500 more views than I thought it would get. So... Um, yeah, outstanding. I hope you guys loved it because there's uh, another episode that will drop this week. So, It is yeah. ridiculous how he knows those flags, though. Yeah, it, it, like, it, t- it takes up, it seriously takes up like 95% of his knowledge is <laughs> flags and geography. It's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, thanks for that and uh, hope you enjoyed it. So, guys, we'll um, get into our cricket chat. Mate, proper devastating week. Been a, uh, been a shocking week for Australian cricket. Um, Obviously, news broke earlier in the week that Rod Marsh had had a heart attack, and they said that it was pretty serious. That was in a strange place in Australia too. It was like Bundy. Um, yeah, I'm not sure actually. Central it was like in Central Queensland. Yeah, right. He must have had family there or something, did he? But I mean, it just shocking because, uh, and obviously, he then uh, passed away Friday. Uh, I think Thursday so. night, Friday morning, sometime then. Um, but mate, proper devastating and probably uh, underrated figure in Australian cricket in general. Not just um, on the playing scene, but also what he did after cricket. Um, he was kind of he, he was the first Australian Test keeper to score a hundred, and he scored the first three. So he got scored three hundreds in his Test career, and they were the first three hundreds by Australian wicket keepers. I was surprised how many dismissals he had for his career. Heaps, heaps. So, yeah, I didn't realize he played that long. So yeah, ninety six Tests, same number as Gilly actually. Um, so. But him, him and um, Dennis Early formed probably the most uh, iconic bowler-keeper combination in terms of dismissals, and they were the most um, successful too. So 95, Court, Marsh, Bold, Lily. Um, obviously, they were WA teammates as well, I think. So that was... Niche. Obviously, pretty yeah, very niche, but pretty cool. Um, so it kind of started Australia's infatuation with kind of picking keepers that could bat. Yeah. Up to that point, there was a lot of time... Pretty much all the way up through until the late 60s, it never really mattered. Like, a lot of the time, your keeper would bat Was it you just 8 to 11. You just picked your best keeper. You just picked your best keeper. Whereas, and you know, Rod Mar, he averaged, he averaged like mid-20s or something as a wicket keeper, which nowadays you would consider quite low. Unless you're England. Unless you're England, and you'd take that from your <laughs> openings. Um, but it was it's just one of those things where... In that era, for wiki keepers to be going out and scoring meaningful runs, scoring hundreds was foreign. So, um, yeah, real icon. But then not only that, it was after he retired from cricket, um, up through the uh, the 90s and early 2000s, he um, ran the National Academy. Was that down in Adelaide? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, because and, and so a lot of the guys... Uh, they've recently retired, but guys like Ricky Ponting and Michael Clark, um, guys like that, all went through the academy at that time. Probably Shane Warne as well, actually. Um, Johnson had a good story about the academy as well. Yeah. So, and all of those guys went up through the academy, and he headed that. So he was also a test selector for a short period of time. He actually he went and I, I didn't know this until today. He actually went over and took a similar role in England. So he went over to England, and this was around. So between, I think it was between two thousand and three and two thousand and five. So for a couple of years, but in the the two years that he was there, he then transitioned to be one of their national selectors and helped select the team that eventually beat Australia in the Ashes for the first time in what felt like 400 years. Dog. So, (laughs) um, yeah, he was kind of, 
your favourite wiki keepers, favourite wiki keeper. Like you, <laughs> you talk like Ian Healy grew up obviously idolising Rod Marsh, and then naturally you think Gilly was the next one. He grew up WA, all, WA uh, moved over to WA, yeah. but looked up to Rod Marsh and wanted to be like Rod Marsh because he was just a pretty unsuspecting. Didn't look like a super athletic character when he was back in his day, but he had one, got hops. Had one of the great slugs. Yeah, one of the yeah, absolutely. So Bit yeah, of a real a real icon of Australian cricket. Um, so and that was pretty sad news, which uh, was then obviously compounded by Fucking double downed by, by waking up on uh, on Saturday. We actually hadn't gone to bed yet. I Neither sat in bed on uh, Friday or it's about pretty mid- much Saturday morning. It's about midnight on Friday. Yeah, and um and the first article I read, it must have been real early when it happened because I then scrolled through the rest of my news feed thinking that. These people who released the article must have just been taking the piss. Yeah, well, was, and uh, or maybe that they'd got it confused and gone. Oh, look, the title makes it sounds like he's died, but he's not. He's just like leaving a tribute to like one of his mates that had died in Ron Barsh. And then, like twenty minutes later, there was a hundred articles in my newsfeed already. And yeah, I was just, just I, I was just chatting to Kev, having a meaningless chat about Rahman, and out of nowhere, he just sent a screenshot, and I instantly replied, "Bullshit." Like, I thought it was cap. Quick Google, nothing was there because it was like literally like within 10 minutes of it being announced. And then, nah, for real. And that was that was my roommate's 30th birthday present. Yeah. So his idols, just, unfortunately. Yeah. Going. And, and I, I don't think you could be an Australian cricketer without Shane Warne being like an icon or one of your heroes. Like, especially us growing up. Growing up through the, like not so much the late 90s because I don't really remember a lot of that. I was pretty young, but through the early 2000s. Like, that's... He's iconic. Look, he, is, he, he was the guy who's box office. He actually, he made... And we were talking about this last week with the tennis. I, like, you feel like a lot of the guys in, in international cricket now, they just don't have a personality. But they, they grow up with so much media scrutiny around and they get told that they've got to be this and walk between these lines. And... Warney never really cared about any of that. Nah, just treated himself. He just, he, he was always honest and just never worried about what other people thought of him. Skull put it pretty well. Like He said, like, guys like Warney, like, who are larger than life, you don't ever expect them to not be, like, to pass away. It's yeah. always, always a shock. Yeah. Yeah. And really, the only, the only comparison you can really make in recent history with sports stars like that is Kobe, Kobe Bryant 100%. from a couple of years ago. And, but because I didn't, uh, like I, I didn't watch a whole heap of basketball when I was a kid, so I, like I, and I, I couldn't relate to that. Like there was no nostalgia there back to my childhood. Yeah, this one this, hits way close this to home. Hits so deep, man. Like uh, growing up as a kid, my three favorite cricketers really shaped what I did as a cricketer when I was younger. Like all my first playing kit that I ever got, ever got um, was a Michael Clark Slazenger kit. He was my favorite cricketer growing up. Right, that was also. And I, I wanted. I wanted to bat like Michael Clark. That was also my first bat, the little blue V. Yeah, mate, absolutely, little V three eight nine. Yep. Um, but then the other two were I wanted to keep like Gilly, so all my keeping gear, all the all the old green and silver pumas. Pumas. Yep. And when I wasn't keeping, I bowled leggies because I wanted to be like Shane Warne. That's why you kept every every exactly right. I was no good at it, so that's why I went back to keeping. But it's just I, you know. Everyone as a kid, you, everyone, kid, adult, whatever, has tried to bowl like Shane yeah. Warne. You don't, you don't bowl like Stuart McGill. You try and bowl like Shane Warne. You Warren. try and bowl like Shane Warne. He's a genuine, genuine superstar. And every kid growing up in the 90s, 2000s, 
yeah, he was. I don't know. He, I'm like a little bit lost for. I got so much written down here that I wanted to say, but you just like it doesn't do him justice. Like he was just, and obviously, it is disappointing a little bit with how he's kind of perceived in the media, especially in the last few years being on commentary. And I'll put my hand up and say that like I've been reasonably critical of his commentary because he, yeah, but that's. Because he was so like opinionated, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, and it wasn't kind of his job. It wasn't new for wanting to be opinionated. It's just he got a couple wrong. Yeah. So and it, it I think it actually did. But it makes detract. him who he, who I, he I was. think it, yeah, and I think it did detract. And like between when he retired and now, a lot of people forgot how good he was. And it's it's taken him tragically passing away for people to go. You know, he was pretty good. Like, he's probably Australia's second greatest cricketer ever. And probably, you would say... And if he's not the second greatest cricketer ever, then someone's going to have to build an argument for me. Surely he's, surely he's the GOAT bowler. Absolutely. And it's actually, you, without question, it's, it's actually not even a question. He's just... Like the, Does, he he bowl, it, 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 it is the hardest the hardest craft in cricket is bowling wrist spin. It's so he, unnatural. He actually did it everywhere as well. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a place he toured where he was shit. Yeah, he struggled, like, in the subcontinent the first time he went over there, but that was it. It was kind of one of those things where he'd go over once and he'd just learn. And he was obviously such a cricket, like, such a great cricket brain because he'd just learned all this new piece of information he'd take in, work on himself. Well, the flipper. And make sure he comes back better. That is, I was actually, <laughs> funny, I was watching a tutorial of him trying to teach someone how to bowl one. And it, I don't understand how it is physically possible he, to control a ball he, like that. It's literally like trying to click your fingers while bowling. And it's like, what do you mean? That is too much coordination bowling, for most mate, of us. Bowling leg spin is hard enough without trying to click mid-action. <laughs> yeah. It's just he, like, a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And I read a, a, an article that was actually um, written by Fox Sports uh, quite a few years ago, um, six years ago, with a few of the ridiculous stats from his career. So, obviously, everyone knows he's got the most test runs without 100 as a, as a niche batting stat. Um, he, in 2005, he took 96 wickets for the calendar year, which is an all-time record. You're joking. At age 35. So, to put that in perspective, Nathan Lyon is 34 right now, right? Ma- so it would imagine be- Gaz churning out 96 in the year. 96 wickets, mate. Absolutely ridiculous. Would you continue to celebrate? Yeah, surely. <laughs> It would get yes. off. Yeah. Oh, this is normal, boys. <laughs> Please resume. Um, the He played in eight Ashes series over his career. He won seven of them. And the one that he lost, he took 40 wickets at 19. That was 05, yeah? 05. And he also scored 249 runs at 27. 40 wickets. He that's, took 40 wickets in five eight a game. Series. Yep. It is second only to Four Jim innings. Laker. Yep. So, and that series, he scored more runs than... Simon Cadditch, who played all five tests, both keepers, so Jones and Gilchrist, scored more runs than both of them. Damien Martin, who we'll get to later, <laughs> and Ian Bell. So he was Australia's fifth highest run scorer in that series and 10th for the series overall. And probably had more wickets than most bowlers combined. And he had um, 16 more wickets than anyone else in the series. That's retarded. Yeah. Oh my God. It is just one of the most... At 35. At 35. Just one of the most outrageous things. And this is... It, it just felt like... If he was playing 
he was involved, you had to watch. And it just kind of felt like that every step of the way, anything that ever went against him, he went out of his way to prove those people wrong. Like, he goes out on Dubu as a young kid, hardly played any first-class cricket. <coughs> one for 150 on Dubu. Tough. Hey, Ravi Shastri whacks him all over the park. Everyone's like, who is this blonde-haired kid? He's been playing cricket for five minutes. Came back better. Okay, first ball in England. Yeah, it's what a the, ball. was the ball of the century. What a ball that was. So, he also... And, you know, people then go, oh, okay, yeah, but he wasn't as good in the one-day scene. It's like, well, wasn't he? He retired early because of injury, but he got player of the final in the 99 World Cup. Took 293 wickets in, in one-day cricket, which is... Pretty elite, right? For, for, a guy, very good. for a guy who retired look, probably five or six years earlier than he could have if he was fitter. Or lucky if his shoulder wasn't cooked, right? Then you go, okay, well, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been any good in the T20 scene. You kidding? Okay. Well, he then went over and captained Rajasthan Royals in the first edition of the IPL, um, and they won. Was that a captain-coach gig? I thought it was. I saw a photo today. Darren Lehman was there. So I'm thinking Darren Lehman might have been the coach. No way he's playing. So No, he wouldn't have been playing, but then he'd been retired for a while. So, um, But, like, you know, he had the comeback from shoulder surgery and the comeback from the drug ban when he got done for having that diuretic in his in his system. Yeah, that, that, his mum's pill. Yeah, that his mum got. Um, he came back from that year off and took four consecutive fifers. In his first two <laughs> tests back. It's just like... And, and this was... Like, he wasn't young. This was like 2002, three, Yeah, 2000... Yeah, sometime around then. Like, he was into his 30s already. And there'd have been people going, oh, like, will we see him come back the same? Like, he'll be 33 or 32 by the time he comes back. Yeah, a bit like the whole David Warner thing. Like, you know, oh, well, is that the end of him? And he just went, well, how fuck is... How's this sound? And then went and took 20 wickets in his first two tests back. And it was like he'd never left. It was in 2004, actually, that happened. So he sat out the whole of 2003, came back a, a Sri Lanka series in 2004, and um, went okay. So, <laughs> But, you know, he just always had this ultimate belief and confidence. Like the Probably the most iconic test match of my childhood, and still to this day, is Adelaide 2006. Is that Amazing Adelaide? Amazing Adelaide. England batted for two days, made 550. Australia batted for five sessions, made 500. Hmm. <laughs> And you go, okay, well, there's four sessions left and the second innings for England haven't started yet. So yeah. this will be a draw. And they were one for 60-odd overnight. With a, Oh, sorry. Well, they won for, I don't know, 40. They, anyway, they led by about 80 or overnight. And you hear, oh, everyone talks about it. They go, yeah, well, we all just assumed we were rocking up to play for a draw. And uh, and that is, is absolutely not in uh, in Warney's playbook. He doesn't play for draws. He said, no, fuck yours, we can win. Went out and that we rolled them for 120 and we chased the runs down. Mike Hussey hit the on the up cover drive. It is it's cool listening to the players talk like talk back because there was an interview about it. Yeah. Um. And I think it was Matty Hayden was saying like all of us thought we were playing for draws. You said, but Warney was adamant. Yeah. So and even even all the coaching staff were like, oh, there's just not enough time left in the game, and it's just he was that good that he would have just inspired and given everyone around him so much confidence, like his level of confidence. Yeah. Just ooze it. It just ooze it. And this, we're not talking about, you know, an older guy nurturing all of these younger players. These are guys like Justin Langer. That was his last test series. He'd played 100 tests. Hayden had nearly played 100 tests. Ponting had played 120. Damian Martin had played 60-odd. That was actually his last test. Um, Michael Clark and Michael Hussey were fairly early on in their careers. You know, probably only played for two or three years. Gilly had played 
80 tests at that point. McGrath, 120. Like what I'm saying, like it's just so many experienced guys, and he's just like pick them up and carry them. And it was just uh, we 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 actually had that whole because there was a series when they put it on DVD. So going back to DVD <laughs> days, and we must have watched all of those tests like start 20 or 30 times, start to finish, right? Because it's all just the highlights. We must have watched that Adelaide test a hundred times. Hmm. Like it just never gets old, and you just he's just an absolute genius. I can remember the wickets that he got. He got Ashley Giles caught, uh, spinning across the face, caught a first slip. Yep. He got Matthew Hoggard chopped on with a wrong'un, which is such an obvious loopy wide wrong'un. And he, ne- he never bowls him either. Hardly bowls him. The he, got, he got Kevin Peterson bowled around his legs trying to sweep, sweep. him. Yeah. It was just, and he got, uh, to be fair, he got Andrew Strauss caught a bat pattern. He didn't hit it, but it was just, you know, and Ian Bell got run out. Michael Clark threw a ball into Warney. Warney took the ball about five metres from the stumps. Didn't worry about running it to the stumps. Just took it, underarmed it, ten pin bowling style, and running and bell out, and it, that kind of triggered it. That was the first wicket of the morning, and it kind of just flowed on from there. So, um, it's just probably one of the most gutting pieces of news I think I've ever read. Yeah. So um, he also he took 138 wickets in the fourth innings of a test, which is 32 more than anyone else. Just ridiculous, and and I could sit here for hours and talk about the the stats that he racked up. So let's not sit here for hours. No, but um, the MCG are renaming the Great Southern Stand, the SK Warren Stand, in his honour. Cool. Um, and last night or two nights ago, with uh, when Australia played England in the Women's World Cup, their first game. Obviously, Healy, Alyssa is keeping. Oh, and Alana, Alana King, King, the leg spinner. So there was a there was a dismissal there that was stumped Healy bowled King on the the same day that Warney passed away, which I thought was quite nice. Um, yeah, pretty appropriate, really. To um, yeah, to to see, but yeah, it's just absolutely tragic. I've got not a whole heap more to say about it. To be honest, um, yeah, it's pretty gutting. Hurts. Yeah, it does, and it'll sting for a while. It'll sting for a while. So, um, but yeah, pretty tragic week in the uh, in Australian cricket. All right, well, we will move on to our overrated, underrated segment. Something a bit more perky. Yeah, something just to brighten the mood a little bit. Um, <laughs> Do you want to go first? Yeah, mate, I can go first. Let me just uh, get my list up here. All right, uh, NFTs. Whoa. Slightly overrated. Um, a lot of scams out there, for sure. I've got a few friends that are just head and shoulders into them. And to be honest, I think there's a bit of woo-woo. I understand why they're like why they work and like what's attractive about them. But wow, sorry, we just watched the cricket there. That was that turned sideways. Yeah, I understand. Me. I understand the like the appeal to NFTs, but I think it'd be very easy to get scammed or ripped off. And I just can't see them really holding their value. That could be me just being a little bit uh, conservative, I guess. What do you think? Look, I... You don't really like crypto in general. Yeah, it's just not really my thing. I think... Yeah, it just... Like, you just don't know who governs any of it. And it's all... Like, you're paying for this thing. And what what if the owner of the NFT just goes, all right, I'm not offering that anymore? <laughs> like a coupon. Like a coupon. Oh, sorry, mate. That expired. Like, it's just... And, you know, if you're spending 500 bucks on it, you're like, okay, well, oh, you caught that right. But there's people paying, like... 
tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. The, in these yeah, NFTs. the um, those board apes, the board apes, they sell for like six to seven figures. So it's just I don't know. It all seems too risky, and and like you said, the crypto stuff. I'm not really all over it, so I'm not really in a position to um to comment on it really. Um, so this one for you. I'm not sure if you'll have an opinion on it. It doesn't. I don't think you'll drink this, but um, most early twenties and teenage males do. Captain Morgan. Yeah, I am not a rum drinker at all. I can't stand it. Perfectly honest. Um. It doesn't smell as toxic as other rums, um, but it still smells toxic. Does it, st- does it still smell like a box, a boxing match? E- sort of. It's uh, yeah, no, I'm absolutely not. Are you going to give it a rating? I'll, I'll go perfectly rated. Okay. Um, because I, I tend- I'll, I'll go maybe slightly underrated because like, everyone that I've spoken to raves about it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I reckon it's perfectly rated. Has its purpose. Uh, Sin City back in the day on a Tuesday night used to sell them for three three dollars on a Tuesday. So yeah, but they sold all spirits for three dollars on a Thursday. No, it was a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, that's what I meant. Nah. Yeah, mate. Nah, dude. Atrium bar, mate. Three dollars spirits. Yeah, we'd go Atrium and then we'd go to Sin City after. It was Slewbrist stuff. Yeah, nah. Rum in general, overrated. Uh, <laughs> chicken wings. Underrated. Hot. Like, has to be the hottest sauce you can get. The hottest sauce, the better. But then you get like the the blue cheese sauce, mate. Living. I am gonna say slightly overrated. Really? I reckon. Yep. Uh, I reckon for for how much effort goes into eating them, for how much chicken you actually consume. Nah, see the ratio's all off. I one of the perks of viewing TikTok is I've seen a tutorial from a, a certain race over in America telling you how to eat chicken wings. Um, and once you work out how you can eat the whole chicken wing in one or two hits and get every little bit of string off the bone, proper good. Nah, nah. I think they're overrated. Are you a drums or a flats guy, though? Ah, uh, flats. Yeah, flats. Yeah, flats, 100%. I used to be a drum guy, but I realised you can eat flats in one hit. Yeah. I actually so, reckon the chicken on the flats is better, too, but that much is for me. That's a bit of woo-woo. Work smart, not harder. Whatever. All right. Um, my, my one for you, rice cookers. Oh, my goodness. Massively underrated. I, I couldn't. We, I couldn't mate, disagree more. Mate, we have spe- <laughs> we've, we've spoken about this probably too much. Okay, and th- this is kind of when you know that you've hit adulthood is when your conversations stop being about you know es- drunken escapades on a Friday night and you start talking about which one's your favourite kitchen appliance. But the rice cookers are unbelievable, mate. Who the hell? How else do you cook rice? You don't. You, do, you get a... packeted rice. No, and put it in the, the, pa- the packet rice sucks. So good. No, mate, it's convenient. So, like, if you've got to take a thing of rice to work to have your chicken and veg over the top of whatever you're eating, fine. But if you're cooking a meal at home and you've got everything else at your disposal, at your disposal, oh my goodness, packet rice sucks, man. Dude, rice cookers suck. It's the amount of crispy rice you get is that's just the, shit. That's the best part. Nah, mate, it's like a corn fritter but with rice. Oh my goodness, mate. No, nah, rice cookers massively underrated. Overrated. No. Nah. You're going to have to agree to disagree there, Sean. Just grow up, would you? No. Moving on. Long sleeve tees. Underrated. I um, don't wear them as much now. They're a little bit of a larger man than what I used to be. But they were the go-to. Especially like going back to those Friday night escapades that we all used to go on. I was a, a bit of a, a, a slut for long, long sleeve tee. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think they're underrated. And underutilised as well, It is probably. tough in Queensland here, though. Very tough being so humid. There's only about four days a year that you can wear <laughs> but them. But when you can wear them, mate, you've got you to get make it use. on. Absolutely. 
Um, I'm going to stick to the suburb theme. Uh, Broad Beach. Um, oh, that's... Uh, I don't, I don't really whole. venture south enough. I'm, I'm going to say slightly overrated. Yeah, okay. Because what's getting me there? The it's, ra- it's raved about, but what's getting me there? I don't know. I'm I'm also of the opinion of slightly overrated as well. Yeah, it's just there's, there's, there's heaps there's there is heaps to do. Like there is Pack Fair, there's the casino. Um, some people like to go to Dracula's. I think that's massively overrated personally. But then like the the nightlife's not as good as. It's, I've never been out in Broadbeach. Oh, really? Never, mate. That shouldn't shock you. It does though. Like. Yeah, you are like 25 years old. You've oh, had seven legal years of going out and you live on the Gold Coast, reasonably close to Broad Beach when you at your parents and you never went. Yeah, no, never. No, I've ventured out to surfers a few times. I reckon I could count on my hands how many times I've been in nightclubs. In I reckon surfers. from like, so my birthday is in September. I reckon from when I was 18, from my birthday to that, that year Christmas, I reckon I've been out more than you have ever. Probably. It wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, next one I've got for you, Sean. Escape rooms. Oh, slightly overrated. Only because of the price. It costs you way too much. I can't. I couldn't believe the price that Brad was telling us about the other day for that escape room. Did you guys go? What do you mean? Did we go? Did you go? Oh, mate, we are loving it. Oh, they're massively underrated. I really like. Didn't really even know that it, there was a thing. Were you good there's, at it? There's. What do you reckon? No. Of course I was good at it, mate. There's two on top of each other. So two different escape room establishments on top of each other in surfers. Yeah, okay. And we did one last week, padlocked, and we did their hardest room. And like, we got through it reasonably easily, but it was pretty fun. It is reasonably hexy though. But we went back on Friday night. We did two at the joint upstairs. Did you spend money, mate? We booked to spare. We booked a seven o'clock session for one of them. How much... Uh, I think it was about 32 ahead. It's not we did a group six. Okay. So that's for the hour. So we it's not too bad. It's not as hexy as the one Brad was talking about. Yeah, Padlock was, I think, 45 last week each. Um, but we thought, oh, that was fun. So uh, we did another one. Uh, so we booked for 10 o'clock. So we left, got dinner, went to time zone for a bit and came back and I did another one. Love time zone. Mate, we were loving it. And they're, they're so good. Makes you think. They're hard. You... Um, Stimulating, yeah. yeah, stimulating. You get really, really get to find out who your switched on friends are and who aren't. So, um, oh, I'm not. I'm absolutely not naming names. Oh, we that, we could work it out quietly. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you knew who was there, you'd um you'd figure it out pretty quick. Um, this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer for that. I think I think you would have done this. Barefoot bowls. Um, I'm gonna say um overrated. Couldn't disagree more. It um, is quite underrated. No, I think it's overrated. So I think people do it all the time. It just again doesn't appeal to me greatly. So the bowls out the road at Helensvale used to do. So like I think it was my nineteenth. We all went down there for barefoot on a Sunday. Six bucks for barefoot bowls higher. I don't know. They probably don't do this anymore. And it was they had a happy hour. It was three dollars schooners. Anything on tap. So you just put a schooner at each end. Laughing. Yeah. So you don't care about the barefoot bowls. No, the barefoot bowls are good. A bit of healthy no. competition. The barefoot bowls you don't care about, you just care about the cheap beers. Nah, dude, I actually enjoy the. I'd do it sober. I reckon you caught up in a lie, Sean. I don't think I am. Nah, barefoot bowls overrated. Underrated. Uh, right, my last one for you, Sean. Ko. Underrated. I was getting teased about this this morning because it's like a sports Netflix, which is pretty accurate. Yep. 
quality. Worth every cent. It's massively underrated. We've actually stopped. Uh, it's like half the price of getting that other subscription. There's good people, Foxtel, but I mean, it's half the price. It was cheaper. KO. That's what I'm saying. KO is half the price of and you get paying more. for the sports package and you get more sport. Look, we're watching KO right now and what is in the top corner? 501. Thanks, Fox. Cheers. Yeah, and Appreciate so your help. before KO, I had Foxtel now, which is actually the same thing. Yeah. Streaming Foxtel. Except you pay 70 a month instead of... Yeah, I was paying oh, Yeah, I was paying 60 a month, whereas KO's 25. Yeah, 25 a month. It's cheap as shit. It's Mate, it's, it's underrated. Massively underrated. Yeah, agreed. Last one. I was doing this today, actually. Uh, drive through car wash. Um, I don't really have an opinion on it. Have you been through one? I've been through one. Not, this is, this not is, whilst driving, though. This is something that I think you would never spend money on. It is probably, you know, being quite a, um, a responsible adult when it comes to um, expenditures. That is quite a long way of saying a tight ass. <laughs> Tighter than a fish's asshole. Yeah. I've been, I've been told. Um, yeah, no, I uh, prefer just to go out and wash my own car. Oh yeah, I'm old school. Just go out and wash my car. Yeah, nah. See, by, I by hand. I'm at the intelligent. Like where I live, there's quite a lot of bats, and having a white car for some reason they just want to shit on it every night, and it gets to a point where like I need to, I need to get this off, otherwise it's going to stain my paint here. Yeah, it doesn't even stain the paint; it eats through the paint. It eats. Yeah, it like dissolves <laughs> your paint. Trust me, I've got one on my car. I, le- I left a bird shit on my car for too long and it's eaten through the paint on the on Yeah, the, on so, the like I, so I just, just get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I went today and then it started raining after. So yeah, no, that's good. big brain moves. Yeah, a whole massive brain. All right, um, move on to our general sport. We've, we've got an NRL ladder prediction we're going to do here. Um, I'm going to start from 16th. Because let's get rid of the shit early. Yeah, I agree. And you know it's going to be fucking stink. The Cowboys. The North Queensland Cowboys. They're they going to be so bad. They will start the year in 16th and finish the year in 16th. The only time they won't be 16th is when the like the current ladder now because C is above like Tigers, for example. Yeah. In the alphabet. So they, or they Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they are going to struggle. They, they didn't really recruit that well. And I actually think most teams in the comp recruited okay like a lot of the teams seem to be filling gaps I had a fucking aneurysm this week when they come out and said that Tom Lolo is going to play lock I don't know how much truth in that but like Ruben Cotter is a great lock and Tom Lolo in this current footy is a perfect prop put him in the middle actually the perfect prop put him in the middle let him just how is he's not that different to Junior Paulo for example who you would rank you know he's a bigger guy but still Got pretty handy footwork, good hands, good hands. Yeah. runs all day. I think Rock. it just hurts. And then, like, he's also not 2017 Jason Tamalolo anymore. Still, they're still he can't be 2017 Tamalolo. It's a different game. And they're not, they're not putting him in his best positions. So, but all of their other people are a, getting old. Do they have a, just, a set spine? Like, is Chad of Drinkwater playing fullback? No. Um, no, Townsend, uh, Townsend will play seven. Yeah, so who's your six? Uh, drink, drink water. water. So who's going to play fullback? Don't say Hammer. Yeah, surely. Surely Hammer plays fullback. Okay, they can come 16. And Granville in the nine. Oh. Yeah, perfect. You know what that smells like? Last. Last. I'll, send, I'll, send, I'll send Fridge a wooden spoon in the mail. Yeah. Open your cutlery drawer, brother. Um, 15th, I have a DMC. Dragons? Nope. 
I'm the West Tigers in 15. What? They have five captains for fuck's sake. That's how yeah. disjointed they are. That's very fair. That's one of the all-time um, sitting on the fence moves in sports. Bro. Who, like, I actually, I don't really rate when footy clubs name co-captains. Like, I think that stinks. Yeah, we've we've gone co-captains, I think, this year. But it's, like, like five. Five. How, I just... Like, and there's all, all the jokes came out, like, um, like, Batuta Advocate posted one about how if they have five captains, they'll be able to get five captains challenges. <laughs> oh, that's good gear. <laughs> like, uh, that's it, the, it won't help them. No, no. So, it's just another DMC move from another DMC beta. So, like, Luke Brooks probably, like, in their best, their best halves combo, I reckon, is Hastings and Dewey. Um, I agree, and except I don't reckon Dewey will play in the halves. No, he'll play center. Yeah, DMC stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they 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 picked up what's his name? Um, Peach Peachy. Yeah, the Peach Man. He'll be good. He'll be a good pick up for him. He's a very handy thirteen in this in this um yeah this I current reckon, footy. I I actually think he's a good fourteen. I, I he played that role quite well for the Titans last year. Yeah, but I think they, especially but, with the game being so fast. But they they were playing Twole, who's a great prop at lock. Yeah, but I mean, they, like they just need to find a stopgap at lock who can play the first twenty minutes. Then you bring Peachy on like twenty to twenty five minute mark and let him go, and he just will cut. Like he's a smaller guy, he will carve up the bigger, slower second rowers and props through the middle of the game. He'll, he'll carve him up. That's what he did for the Titans last year. And they actually looked like they were playing their best footy with him at lock, but coming off the bench. Yeah. I think I think he gets eaten alive if he starts at lock. Yeah, okay. I, I hear. Yeah. I think... Um, I really hope Hastings has a good year, though. So do I. We spoke about this last week, didn't we? Yeah. Or, yeah, that... Yeah, obviously, he's had five years over in the Super League. Won a man of steel. Who do you have at 15th? Uh, the Dragons. <laughs> yeah. I think that was stink. So, Another DMC, but... Oh. All right, so fourteenth. Yep, I've gone Newcastle. I can't see him being that good this year. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. I had they, them. They lost Brayley, man. That's so big for them. I had them one spot higher, if you like. So I had the Warriors. Yeah, so I had the Warriors 14th. the other way as well. Right. So I've got yeah, my bottom four. I've got Knights, Warriors, Dragons, Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. So I've got the same, but instead of Dragons, I've got Tigers. Yeah. So the Knights, like, they've they've done well in keeping Ponga. That's that was good to get that out of the way. Um, They've actually re-signed him, have they? I think so. Or like he took his option. Yeah. Um, I if I was a Knights fan, I would be seriously concerned. There you go. Um, I reckon he's just got Redcliffe written all over him. And then, Wayne Bennett will dangle some kind of carrot. They haven't really signed I'm, any massive marquee players. They've signed the Bromwich boys and Kafusi. But like they missed out on getting Brandon Smith. They will absolutely throw the money at Reese Walsh. Yeah. So, but I think they're the two. I, I and I, I think they'll they'll get one of those guys. Yeah. You'd think it'd be more like they'll be more likely to get Reese Walsh. But uh, like, if you're picking out of the two, who are you taking? Honestly, probably Walsh. Pretty similar players. I don't know. It, that's a. It's a tough one. Oh, I'm probably personally a, right now. I'm probably taking Ponga. It's a pretty good option. It's pretty good either way. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'd be uh, seriously concerned if I was a Knights fan. Um, Warriors, I can't really see do too much. Like, 
their their halves are a bit of a mixed bag at the moment. They've got they're just they're all over the place. They don't know where like where Cody Nicarima fits. Whether they want to play him in the halves or whether they want to play him at fourteen. It's a better fourteen. Like for the, for that for that team they now they have Sean Johnson though good pickup great pickup really good pickup him and back hit, to the Warriors him and Walsh should be exciting as a pair yeah yeah and um uh, uh, Harris Tavita yeah he's okay a decent defensive kind of half hit so loose. yeah he is you're right um but with Sean Johnson someone actually being able to steer the guys around make plays I think he was second in try assists last year. They've got a gun team though. Like they got Adam Fanua Blake, Tohu Harris. Like yeah, it's... they've all just got to stay healthy, man. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I love Rocco Berry, the young with... fellow there. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sam. Uh, Sam Curran. Nah. Would... Josh Curran. Josh Curran. That's it. Sam's a cricketer. Um, Josh Curran, good player, I reckon. Oh, that's a drop Ooh, catch. Wow. That's um, the second one now for us. Yeah, I just uh, I think all the speculation going around with Reese Walsh. You know, will he even see out his contract this year? You just don't know. I got a really informative text from Mum then. Yep. Hey Sean, there's a dangerous storm approaching. Oh, thanks. Oh, cheers. Thanks, eh? Mumsy. Um, all right. In uh, oh, what is that? Eleventh? Yeah. No, Thirteenth. Thirteenth. Sixteenth, fifteenth, fourteenth. That's twelfth. Twelfth. I have us. the Tigers. Yeah. Okay. So I have the Bulldogs. Yep. So I have the Bulldogs up one. I have the Bulldogs in eleventh. Yeah, okay. That's where I had the Dragons. Okay. Nope, that's a lie. The Broncos? Yep. Mm, yeah. I, being an optimistic Broncos fan, I have us finished 10th. Yeah. I think I think the bottom six will be pretty similar. I think it's this I think this year it's going to be like a top six, a middle four, and then the bottom will be stink. I think coming up might be our first kind of not I'm not going to say major um, difference, but it it is a reasonably significant one, is it not? Where you have the Rabbitohs? Yeah, I have the Rabbitohs ninth. I can't see them making the eight. And like ninth, I'm, I'm like ninth is I think being generous. I reckon it'll be ninth to twelfth. I know Trell's like they've still got a gun team. Like they've got Trell, Cookie, um, Cam Murray, Cody Walker. Like it's still a serious team. But like I think Reynolds is going to sting a lot more than they anticipate. Like Ilias, nothing against him, but I want to see it. Massive boots. Yeah, and it, it's been proven year in year out that you don't win the comp with shit arms. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Nearly, it nearly doesn't matter what pieces you put around, and guys like clubs like the Broncos, who obviously they've been like terrible everywhere the last couple of years. But <laughs> the, the couple of years before that, when the team was still alright, like we still had Matty Gillette and Corey Parker, and um, one of the Sims boys came, Josh McGuire. Like, we still had a half-decent team, but because we didn't have any halves leading anyone around, we got look, beaten look, 50 to nil or something in look, the first round. Look after the Cowboys and Michael Morgan. Yeah. And to retire. So, as soon as he goes, it's just one of those things you don't win. And finding premiership halves are quite hard to come by. Yeah. And that's that's why that signing for the Broncos is quite huge. And they could, I, th- I think they'll be okay. Broncos teams actually, I quite like it. They're just a couple of years away from being good, good. Yeah. Yeah, just need like a few years for like Tessie New, Katoni Stag, Selwyn Cobbo, yeah, guys like that to kind of really you're, hit their your packs are mate. Like, it's going to be amazing. Like Carrigan yeah. will get good. In it. Like he's good now, but he'll get really good. I reckon. Yeah, Payne Haas, you could argue is one of the best props in the game. Probably, probably the, the best. best. Like, probably the most skilled. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah. So 
they'll, they'll be a good team to watch over the last next couple of years. I fucking hate the Broncos, so I do enjoy them being shit, but <laughs> it, it can't be like that forever. That's fair. So, uh, I have the Raiders finishing ninth. Okay. So I have the Raiders at eighth. Yep. Okay. I have the Titans scraping into the eight. So the Raiders, I think their squad is probably the top five best squads in the league, but they've still got a lot to work out. You, you were saying off air, like, Savage is going to be a gun. I don't think he's going to... He's not better than Chance at fullback. Not yet, anyway. No, but I, I think... You have to play him. He's in your best He's in your best 17. Yeah. Um, they need to play the Sheriff at lock. So, that's Adam Elliott for people that don't understand that reference. But they, they're persistent on putting Elliott Whitehead at lock, who was one of the best second rows ever. He's an excellent line runner on the outside, like on the edge. Got great hands, too. My don't God. fucking move him. Leave Link, him a second row. Up with that edge. Adam Elliott's so got good well. hands. He's he's great at lock. Put him at lock. Sort it out. Yeah. Um. But I think Whiten's gonna have a good year. They probably a comeback year, I reckon, because he went from the year they made the grand final where he was outstanding, won the um, player of the final. Yeah. In the year that they lost, but the, then then came back the next year and I don't know. It just wasn't quite there. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree. I'm, I am concerned. Like, I probably would have had him high, to be honest, but Fogarty just got injured. New, yeah. new half, I think he's four to six weeks. Um, yeah. So, Jared Croker, they're not really sure what's happening with him just yet either with his injuries. He, look, he, he looks good in the trials. He's had to... Uh, did you see what he did in the off-season? He had, like, yeah, stem, stem cell. cell surgery to try and fix his knee. It's just, like, they, they the surgeon basically just said, this is your last option. Otherwise, you won't play footy again. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Give that a crack. Give it here. I find it like we talk about like guys that are underappreciated. Or look, is Jared Croker maybe the best player in the NRL currently to never get a crack at Origin? It'd be close. It'd be real close. Without thinking about it too hard, he's got to be in the conversation. Because he'd probably be my pick, to be honest. He's a he's a solid center who are hard to find, and New South Wales were so shit for so long, <laughs> and he never got a crack. He's like an eighty percent goal kicker as well. And it, I, like whether that comes into account or not, I don't know. It's still but he's like handy. second or third in point scoring all time, and he's thirty. <laughs> yeah, like if he stays even half healthy for the next four years, he'll break. Um, he'll break the record. He'll break Cam Smith's record. Which is nuts. Which is nuts, because Cam Smith is like, widely regarded as probably the greatest rugby league player of all time. And, um, and Jared Croker's some dude who's never played for New South Wales when they were shit. And like, it's not like it's a big point-scoring team. It's just, it's just Canberra. They're just, they're just, just, to be honest, they've just been mid forever. Yeah, and he's just, other than that one year where they made the granny. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, he's just a massively... And because it's Canberra, no one really cares, and he's not flashy... You know, he's not big and strong and fast like your other guys that play in the centres in this Origin game, like Latrell and Turbo. And well, like, like when Cottridge came through, yeah. he was the other guy. So all the eyes were on Cottridge. Yeah, and Cottridge got a go in the in Origin, yep. playing for New South Wales. And it's just guys like Croker must just sit there and go, like, what have I actually done? He's played, what like, a- two games for New South Wales country, and that's it. They scrapped that, didn't they? I think so. Um, seventh, we've got the Titans. But wouldn't be surprised if they missed the eight. Yeah, I have the Rabbitohs at seven. I just think they've got too much class to miss the eight, but I don't think they've got enough class to make the four without Reynolds. The top four looks strong. Yeah, I think I tend the to top, agree. The top five looks strong, actually. Mm. So I, six, I think we may have the same team. Have the Sharks. I have the Sharks as well. I reckon they're going to be good. I do agree. I, um, it, I'm just Health. Health is going to be their biggest thing. Yeah, like McInnes and... Um, 
Wade Graham. Yeah, Wade just Graham's built, big one built for me. glass. But yeah. I don't know who's their. Th- who are they going to play at seven? Look, I reckon it might be Hines, to be honest. Like, they've got Moylan and Trindle. They're. I reckon Trindle plays six and Hines plays seven and Moylan plays 14. Yeah. Or fucking 18. I don't mind that. I'm not a Trindle guy, eh? I, I, I watched him towards back in the last year. I thought, he, I thought he played all right. I like Metcalf. Oh, maybe that's who I'm thinking of, actually. Quick as Luke Metcalf. Yeah, I feel like that might be who I'm thinking of. He might be a good 14, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he can come on and play hooker if you need him, but he's like, I don't know, he's still a bigger body. I don't know, but I think the signings... I reckon the Dale Finucane signing's gone way under the radar. Underrated, man. Way under the it's radar. Like, they got Nico Hines, and that was like, he was a hot property, obviously, coming off last Same year. with McInnes. Unreal. That's an unreal signing, too. Well, no one's seen McInnes play for a year, so we'll see how that goes, because he's coming off, he didn't he didn't play a single game last year, tore his ACL in preseason. So, preseason, last preseason. So, he hasn't played for 18 months or something, so we'll see how we go. I think he's injured again. But he's a, yeah, yeah, but he's a quality player, so if he comes back... As his old self, massive signing. But Finucane is the kind of guy that will run through brick walls for you. He's like actually the, a Craig Bellamy player personified. Yeah. Like if you said who is Craig Bellamy's like perfect player, it's Finucane. Like he just it will run himself into the ground if that's what needs doing. Um, and I think Cooper Cronk summed it up. He goes, um, Dale Finucane puts his head where most other people wouldn't stand. Interesting. He's just that kind of guy. He's just. Like, we'll just run all day. And, like, it's not just the stuff on the field. He'd be... He's massive off the field. Um, Stefano from the Tigers last year said, like, he learnt more from Finucane at a week of origin camp and then had one of the best... He's uh, actually... He's a gun, too. Yeah. Oh. That, so, that after after that origin camp with Finucane, he, he said in an interview, I think, with Denon, saying, like, I learnt so much from that... Like from that stuff from Finucane, like preparation, like how to be a professional footballer. Like he's going to go to the Sharks now, bring that, plus his footy, which he's really good at. Similar to the the Bromwich signing for Redcliffe. And Kafusi, again. That kind of thing. The Just the, like the, the culture. The intangibles that they bring is as important, if not more important than the actual footy. The hashtag culture. Hashtag culture. I feel like if you've got to say it, it's not a thing. If you have to put on your shirts, um, mate, you have at, it. at five, you're not going to like this. I've got the eels. Yeah, okay. I've got them at four, but I can see them five as well. I've got the top them. five are going to be serious. Yeah. So and I've, really, I can't see anyone outside the top five winning the comp, which is probably not unusual, but I really just don't see anyone outside the top five even competing. So in fifth, I have Melbourne. Okay. Um, but again... I, re- I reckon Melbourne might just play with a bit of a chip on their shoulder this year. Yep. With... It'll be Bellamy's last year, uh, Brandon Smith's last year, the Bromwich's last year, Finucane's last year. Yeah. Pappenhausen will hopefully come back fully healthy no, again. That's fair. That's actually wild how much they've lost, eh? When you say them all. Can like, but they've losing. got Remus Smith, who like, was a bit of a breakout last year. They oh, did lose Addo Carr, which hurts. Yeah, but they've got Xavier Coates. They've got Xavier Coates. They've got Justin Olam, who's probably the best centre in the game. Ooh. One of. He's a gun. I'm not disputing it. Yeah. He is a, a just like really solid. Doesn't make too many errors. Defends hard. He's got, like Steve Maddai two point Just yeah. runs out and just lines blokes up. Um, I had Para fourth, but I can see them in fifth too. Yeah, I got the Roosters at four. Yeah, okay. Um, just because of um, like again, really injuries. To be honest, Luke Carey's coming back after a year out. Him and Walker as a harsh pairing. Yeah, we'll see. It, like they're two tiny halves. I I actually don't know that that'll work. 
just quietly. But we'll okay. see how that goes. But obviously losing Boyd Cordner, losing Jake Friend, you know, like it, it will add up eventually. Like losing that, you know, 600 games or whatever they've played cumulatively, it'll hurt them. So, um, but I really, they've still got enough club. Luke Keary is the whole, this year out, no one even talks about him anymore. He's a Dallium Smokey. He is a gun. He's won three flags. Yeah. Are there, are there any other halves in the comp that have won three flags? Doubt it. Not that I've... Can think of how many? How many did um, Hughes get at Storm? Was it just the one? Yeah, and Munster as well. Probably just got one, maybe two. But Kiri won that one with the Rabbitohs, and then won back to back with the Roosters. Yeah, and and won the uh, is it Clive Churchill? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, uh, he won Clive Churchill in at least one of those. Um. Who do you have third? I reckon we might have the same blokes. Uh, no, I had the Storm third. Sorry. Oh, I'll just go fuck myself. I have uh, almost DMC, the Manly Warringah Seagulls, as third. Yeah, right. You'll shake no, it. I've got, I've got Manly second. Yeah, okay. Oh, I hope we get another season of Tommy Turbo like that, but, oh, for, but for 26 games. Mate, they were nearly unwatchable. In the first five games last year, they actually were on watch. They had the second worst start in history. Yeah, they were just horrid. Like only Turbo, only Turbo was injured, obviously to preface that. But everyone looked like shells of themselves. They had nothing going for them. They were getting they were actually getting hammered by shit teams. And then Turbo comes in and it actually flipped a switch with them. And somehow he just like he's that good and that transcendent that he just makes everyone around him. 50% better. Yeah, and their kids are getting bigger too. They're going to be serious. Like Ruben Garrick, who, like, solid player, right? He's fine. He broke the point scoring record for a season. He's not that good. <laughs> Jesus. But they were putting up, like, 40 to 50 points every week. Tommy Turbo was scoring 15 tries per week. It was just ridiculous, mate. And Daly Cherry Evans, still a very, very good player. It's good to see Foreign back and playing well. Good to see Foreign back healthy, playing more than four games a year again he's like another one of these stories like he just had so much trouble and so much stuff go wrong like he was when Manly won in 2008 he was young and it was just like oh this is it then Parramatta signed him oh. you sent me a link to this the other day and this was like a massive signing everyone was like oh my so th- there's an article again it's the whole trying to find a premiership winning half you're just like oh this is gold so I'll pay whatever I need to to get this guy so Parramatta came out in 2015 with their five year plan to be the biggest sporting franchise in Australia and win two flags and they've actually done fuck all yeah that's gone quite poorly it aged <laughs> quite well obviously um, but yeah I just think it's great to see him back healthy because he's a gun when he can stay healthy. But then we like he kept getting injured. Then he had a few off-field issues as well. Like he got depressed and had a few gambling issues and stuff like that. Oh, there's rehab. the, the story behind that's pretty yeah, cool. It's, it's um, no, we're, not, we're not talking about that. But you know, we've had enough uh, sadness for, yeah. for one episode. But uh, it's great to see them all black, back playing healthy. They got a good pack, really, really good solid pack. They'll um, I, I don't love their nine. Hey, Lockie Croker. Yeah, just not in love with it. It'll come good. Yeah, but I mean, the greatness of Tommy Turbo kind of makes up for it. So the second, I had the Roosters. Yeah. We've, 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 talked, we've spoken about them. Yeah. Uh, first, I think it's really well, obvious. It's obvious, it's the Panthers. Yeah. Reigning, reigning premiers. They just, uh, you don't, you look across their whole squad, one to 17, and in every other team, you can nitpick 
even the good teams like Manly, you could say you nitpick the nine. Storm, you could nitpick, I don't know, the bench. (laughs) Their depth is not great. Um, The Roosters, you can nitpick at experience. They're going to have a few We nitpick the size of the halves, which is harsh, but... Panthers, where? Like, their back line is loaded. I have nothing, man. Edwards, um, Charlie Staines is actually going to get a proper run. Stephen Crichton, guys like that. Just uh, that lost Matt Burton, which hurts. Taylor Matt will be good, but um, obviously that Luai and Cleary are just they're unrivaled in terms of partnerships, like halves pairings. So I, I reckon Happy Coruscant, I reckon might be one of the best kind of two or three hookers in the game. I don't know if Staines will start. I reckon they'll go Taylor May and Bizzer at the back. Oh, Brian Toe, of course, yep. Completely forgot about him. There you go. That's how good they are. He's like yeah. their seventh best player. Oh. So, but, you know, they've got Kikau, Liam Martin. Um, losing Kirk Catewell hurts them a little bit, but probably not. Uh, they'll have the depth to cover a loss like that, I think. Yeah. Um, I really like Liam Martin. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, just gritty. He doesn't really care what other people think of him. He just runs hard and tries to piss people off. <laughs> Bit of fuck at footy. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, he had to come off the bench last year. Before we move on, I'm going to, we keep forgetting to mention it. We're going to post the Armchair Critics tipping comp. So you can join that. We'll post that on Instagram with the link. Uh, free to play. And we'll sort out some prizes after round 26. Yeah, like we mentioned last week, guys, I'll uh, get on to some limited edition merchandise and prizes. Eventually, probably last or second last week cut it real fine play a pay extra for postage that kind of thing because that's pretty standard that's what I do intangibles yeah yeah (laughs) exactly right that's what I bring to the table (laughs) disorganisation so yeah guys make sure you keep an eye out for that Um, I've actually got a sports story of my own this week I'm not even sure I've told you off air about this no you haven't so we had a uh, you don't talk to me indoor cricket grand final last week on Monday next yep so um, this was Sam uh, my brother for those listening drove down to Byron Monday morning for work and while he was down there the highway flooded yeah that's a funny story in itself so his only way home he sent a a snap uh, a screenshot into our indoor group chat and I haven't played for six or seven weeks because I just lost interest as you do he sent it in and goes well it took me an hour and 15 to get to Byron and the route to get him home was nine and three quarter hours (laughs) he had to drive down to Grafton all the way out, up through Warwick, through Ipswich to Brisbane and back south again because the highway and everything else is closed. So he obviously couldn't make it, so I said no final fill in. Anyway, our indoor team, so it's we were in Division 1, but what happens is come finals time, they split it, top four, bottom four, and you go through and play semis and finals. So we're effectively playing like a 1B grand final. Right. So it's like the best of the rest, basically. Yeah. Fuck all. The Who Cares Cup. probably (laughs) if I had to put a title to it it's the who cares cup anyway our team is all our mates from hockey so we've got a few got like me and Harry and Sam play who all play outdoor got a couple of guys that have played indoor for a while but we've also got like two or three that have never played cricket before really in a proper newbies anyway this other team who they all come dressed in Steve Smith custom Australian test shirts fuck off they wear sweatbands headbands mate they're just that is the most village shit I've ever heard fucked you know what's even worse our third or fourth batting skin so the guy he'd never played cricket indoor cricket or anything before this year has just started playing 
second last over, he got man catted. <laughs> the bloke ran in and man cat our mate. And we're just like, are you serious? <laughs> and we look and everyone just at once looks up to the umpire and the umpire just goes, yep, that's out. And I, oh my goodness. So the bloke, after he'd finished bowling, he went and fielded down at short point. Did you give him a bath? So I walked, and we sit at straight hit kind of thing. Yeah. So I walked around and went and down and stood behind the net and just started giving it to this bloke. Who the fuck decided that Mancad was a good idea in an indoor game? In the Who Cares Cup. In the Who Cares Cup. Oh my goodness. So then, and obviously that it hadn't played against Harry for the whole year, I don't think. So, and then Harry just ran in and bowled some serious wheels. <laughs> it was like, and I even said to the guy, I said, mate, I'm standing, I was keeping. I said, mate, I'm standing six feet further back than you and I'm shitting myself. <laughs> oh, I see it was hooping around corners. I was hooping around corners, nearly hit this poor bloke in the beak before he saw it first rock. <laughs> oh, man. That's gross though. Going back on the, the custom Steve Smith shirts. Oh, and they what's, called what's their team name? Uh, the Steve Smith Appreciation Society. So SSAS. Can I have that five minutes back, please? I know. And it, like, I'm, I'm nearly sorry to bring it up, but it was just one of those things where I just thought, like, that's this just thing- not okay. I'm okay if you run in as a bowler and warn the batsman about it. Yeah. Okay? Even, and this is coming from a batsman point of view. If I, like, if I warn you and then you get out a second time, okay, you're out. But don't, you can't do that first go. That's not cool. I know it's in the rules. It is not in the spirit of cricket. Yeah, um, it's just foul. It's there's things in life, mostly like in cricket more than anything else. But sometimes you just look at stuff and just think, "That's fucking village." Yeah, that is fucking village. It is disgusting. I actually had another another cricket point, if you don't mind. The uh, the whole Justin Langer coaching saga just never seems like it's going to end, because um, there's still people talking about it. Even after the tragic week, I still oh, saw I an interview you're the other day. And um, this, someone, again. A- someone asking Ian Chappell about what he thought of the whole thing. And he goes, well, you know, that Cricket Australia, as they do with everything that they do, fucked it up. Which I thought, yep, very fair point. That's the first thing I've agreed with you, Ian Chappell, and, the whole time I've listened to. And, and it was the last. he goes, I don't know why <laughs> Justin Lang is being heralded as a legend of Australian cricket. Damien Martin was twice the player. Now, I'm not into Damien Martin's slander because he was a good player, right? Averaged 46 in Test cricket. Hey, fine. Two first names. Good player, right? But is there an easier place to bat than at number four or five when you're coming in behind Justin Langer, Matthew Hayden, and Ricky Ponting? No. That might be the cruisiest <laughs> spot of all time. Yeah. Right? Justin Langer averaged 45 over 40 more tests opening the batting. Scored 10 more test hundreds. He scored 23 hundreds as compared to Martin's 13. Three double hundreds compared to Martin's zero. Did, How can you possibly say that Damien Martin is twice the player? Did um did Langer average more than Ian Chappell? Yes, he did. <laughs> Jeez, that's mighty unfortunate for Surrey in there, isn't it? Mate, Ian Chappell... Fucking village. He's not even the best player in his family, and that's, I know, and I know how that feels. That's that's the great sledge from our Uzi, Uzi <laughs> who we actually were talking off air as well, who might be a little, you know, our era, Damien Martin. You know, came in and he just seems to get scapegoated and blamed for everything. Everything wrong that happens in Australian cricket, somehow Uzi Kawaja always seems to get the axe from it. Yeah, <laughs> somehow. Ah. So. Um, but there's a yeah, card. I'm, just, not, I'm not playing it. Like Justin Langer, he scored 
He's like he's top ten for run scores for Australia ever. Played over hundred tests. Played in a tough era too. Like he can't, when he first came in, he wasn't even opening. He was batting three, but he was playing. Like he uh, that um, test that uh, Adam Gilchrist scored his second test scored one hundred and forty nine down in Hobart in that chase. Oh yeah, Justin Langer was at the other end batting that, and that's Wacker Yunus, Wazim Akram, Saklain Mushtaq. That's like an all time team from Pakistan, right? And he's just where he just wore them, and he just like it's just like this little battler where yes, because he wasn't aesthetically pleasing, he's probably the, like the grittiest, somewhat ugliest batsman you'd seen. Like so, so many other guys, Matt Hayden, like just walk down the wicket at opening bowlers and bomb them. Ricky Ponting looked great. Matt Damien Martin, maybe not a better player on the eye. Michael Clark, Michael Hussey, all great to watch. Justin Langer genuine battler but he got every single ounce out of himself yeah that was the and what we saw for 105 tests was the best version of Justin Langer and he accused him of being soft and basically there's a bit of thunder yeah. rolls in Fucking basically just a, a, accusing Justin Langer of basically tag teaming McGrath and Warren in, into retirement yeah. so that he got grouped into that kind of echelon and it's like well I don't think that's what he's doing at all I think he just thought yeah this seems like a perfect way to go out Hey, Ian, shut, shut your, your lips. Whore, whore lips. Oh, shut your lips, man. Like, it, it just so much crap. And I just didn't quite understand that, really. Um, anything else? We want to move on to this or that? No, I don't really have any more sport for, for this week, I don't think. Oh, we watched uh, LeBron James drop 56 today. That, that was, was pretty amazing. That was actually quite arousing. Fourth time ever a player 37 or older has dropped a 50. Do you know who the last person was? Jamal <laughs> for the Suns. He only played like four games for the Suns and dropped a 50 piece in the last game of the year. All right, uh, let's move over to this or that. Um, I'll go first. Righto. Vine, Prime Vine versus Prime TikTok. I didn't use either, so I can't comment. Jack, you are one of the most vanilla blokes going around. <laughs> what about you? What, what, are you? what are you saying then? It's tough. I was having this chat with one of the one of my friends from work. Vine back in the day was class. Like there's a lot of hidden gems from Vine. However, it's probably TikTok. I think it has more range. I think the, the recency effect is getting Dude, you there. Yeah, a little bit. But TikTok's just made ten minute videos on there. You know what that can do? You can fuck off. Yeah. TikTok's for scrolling, not ten minute docos. Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, all right. Uh, thai food versus Indian food. Thai. Thai. Mm. Yeah, me too. I, I like, thought I was going to get more bite then. No, nah, I love both. Thai's my favourite. Yeah. Thai might be my favourite cuisine. Yeah. It is just, I think like, I've, I've never ordered anything from Thai and gone, that sucks. Was, yeah, no. Nah. Just everything is good. Vegetarian, chicken, beef, whatever. Mm. You name it, I'll eat it. To be honest, most Asian cuisine is fucking... Indian is also good. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. Yep. Shout out to Bollywood. Shout out to Bollywood. Good people. Um, Butter or margarine? Butter. Every day. Every day. I'm not a spread guy. I don't really use either. Yeah. No, but butter is way better. Yeah. Way better. It's just not even close. I think it's just not it. No. Um, actually, I can't remember. Disregard that five seconds. No dramas. All right. Uh, budgie smugglers versus boardies. Ooh. This one will divide the nation. I used to be a boardies guy. For some reason, when I was a bit fitter, I was a little bit more insecure. I think now I've just accepted that I've got a sloppy rig. No, I'm going budgies. No. It, it depends on the setting, though. I am boardies all the way. It depends on the setting. Like, how? Like, if you're going for a swim or... If I'm going on the beach? Yeah. Boardies. If but you're going for a swim in the pool? With who? 
or it's sounding a whole lot like there's more negatives to budgies. I'm not a budgies guy at all. I think I just can't I'm, get around it. I'm I don't try- have the pins for it. I'm really trying, mate. Neither do I. I got short legs and a big gut. <laughs> <laughs> there's maybe not been a bigger candidate to wear boardies than yourself. <laughs> um, like I went on a boys' trip, like to Townsville, right? We stayed at the Cass. So like the pool there, it's right in front of everyone in the casino. I was rocking the Hawks budgies. Oh it, goodness, it's me. good. I think the budgie smugglers brand has made it a little bit more trendy. You can get your own custom budgies or DTs. Yeah, no, nah, it's just it's not me. I'm boardies all the way. Is it like a secret, like hog insecurity? No, I just genuinely don't have the pins for it. My legs are too white. You know I who I don't, don't want to see in budgies? Your young, oh yes, your youngest brother. Yeah, he's got the rig for it though. Yeah, I know. So it just makes everyone else feel a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask this about for you: sunrise versus sunsets. I am gonna go. Uh, oh goodness, they're both. They're both good. They're both good. Um. Uh, sunrise is better but I'm not a morning person well that doesn't make sense that's what I'm saying <laughs> no which brings it back to the pack <laughs> yeah. like sunset is so much more time my time of day but it's nowhere near as good as a sunrise um, I'm gonna I'll say sunrise yeah. I'm a sunset guy yeah well I proposed to my now fiance at sunrise sunrise yeah no yeah. that's that is true yeah the morning before I had two games of cricket to play that's Interesting decision making. Yeah, it was hey, speaking of your proposal, what was Annika doing today? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> uh, at a um, a wedding expo. Oh yeah, which which turned you, out quite well. Who'd you go with? Uh, she took uh, one of her friends from school from way back, Lily, and um, and Danny, who is the partner of a uh, yeah long time listener, Jack Baird. If you're out there, mate. Uh, clock looks like it is ticking it is brother. ticking quick it is ticking hey all you boys have been on the clock since uh september 4 so uh oh. it's time to get moving caleb day i know you're out there big kev big kev i know talisha's got the clock on <laughs> my last one for you sean one day cricket versus t20 cricket can i say neither you can't <laughs> I need you to give me one or the other. Yeah. Because I know like test cricket obviously is the ultimate. Superior. It is the superior product, but if you uh, had to pick one of the limited overs formats. Probably one day cricket. You? Uh, T20. Only, literally because it doesn't take as long. That's fair. No, that's a good point. The pain is spread out over I find a shorter period. All the international T20s as insignificant, unless it's in the World Cup. I actually think they're a waste of time. But so are the one days. Yeah, but it's like still like a reasonable brand of cricket. Yeah, I I mean the the oh, I mean the quality of cricket that you get in a one day is obviously better. And like it's a it's more of a variety. Whereas T twenties, man, they've all worked out what works best. So it's just like the same spinners bowling the same stuff over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I think with one day, there's still a little bit more room for like each team to have their own style in a way. That's fair. Um, I'd, no, I'd agree with that. And that's where my crooning, cricketing knowledge expires. Yeah. No, I just think... I I really, really think that one-day cricket was a great avenue for cricket to go shorter. It's now nearly becoming obsolete. No, I agree with that too. That's 
Yeah. Because seriously, outside of the World Cup, when was the last time Australia played a one day that was meaningful? Oh, fuck no, it's like 2004. Yeah, like never. No one cares. Like it's just, it has become insignificant. The team is pretty much the same as the 2020s. Like you'll find a couple of little changes, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. It just seems to be teams take advantage of the first 10 overs, then fuck all happens for the next 30 overs. Yeah. And then they hack in the last 10 overs. And it's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse no, and repeat. Fair. I just, I can't stand one day cricket, to be honest. It, um, it just um, like I'm trying to watch the Marsh Cup today, and oh my god, it sucked. Matt Wade teed off. He did. Well, I'd stopped watching by then. That was the only problem because nothing had happened. The two well, other, why would you watch the two that? Other plebs just fucking dawdled along. There's no way we were watching that though when the Lakers were on. Exactly. That's why I turned Lakers gone state. Why I turned it off. So um, yeah, no, I just I can't get around one day cricket anymore. I just think something's got to change because it's just not interesting anymore. And I don't think they get crowds there either, and that's half their battle. Yep, I'm with you. Um, that'll probably do us. So, right. so just, guys, make sure you uh, keep an eye out on the Instagram page for the link to the tipping comps. We'll do an AFL and an NRL. Yeah, chuck, chuck us a follow on the gram. It's where we post our Dickie Nose Flags segment. Yep, and that'll also go up in the next day or two as well. Oh, I might even go in this afternoon or, well, yeah, it'll be today as this, as this drops. You're going to 1v1 Dickie, aren't you? Yeah, we might see might see a Jack versus Richard episode. I can't see it ending particularly well for me, but we do have a guest for next week. I reckon we've got one lined up who seems pretty confident in himself. So we'll um we'll we'll see how that goes. But um yeah, guys, if you've got anything or you got any suggestions for segments or any topics that you want us to bring up in this or that or overrated underrated, feel free to message us on the Instagram page at Armchair Critics, or feel free to email us at. Uh, armchaircritics at outlook.com if you're that way inclined. Um, All right, well, thank you, Sean. Been another uh, ripper episode, mate, and we will see you guys all next week. Ciao.